Some mornings I'm just thankful. Thankful for a choir that offers us such beautiful gifts. Thankful for chefs that have made lunch that is making all of us hungry right now. Thankful for a church that welcomes children, ones that are baptized at this font, and uh, my own who sometimes like to sit with me in the pulpit that they call the cockpit. I give thanks that you love them when they're angels and when we need to come to church to remember their beloved children of God. I told the partner with the preacher Bible study group that they probably thought I had lost my mind when I selected Matthew 1 as this morning's scripture passage, and then Sandra doubled down and volunteered to be the reader this morning, for which I give thanks. So you all can decide whether I'm crazy or not. But will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our stories are incomplete without the stories of those who have gone before us. Jonathan Van Ness, uh, the grooming expert and star of the TV show Queer Eye, is uh, famous for asking individuals that he works with on the show a simple question. He says, can you believe... For those of you who have watched the show, um, you know that Van Ness has plenty of flair of his own, and he brings it to bear as he and his co-stars help folks find themselves by unpacking the stories that made them who they are today. But a couple of years ago, Van Ness was reminded of that truth in his own life story, For his birthday, his mother, who is a skilled seamstress and quilter, gave him a birthday quilt to remind him that his own gifts to the world are connected to the many individuals who have shared their voices of hope and promise with him. It was a reminder that in his own success, in all of our own success, none of us are self-made. All of us are here on this earth. All of us are where we are today because of a wide variety of people whose lives have been woven together into our story to make it the complete tapestry that it is. Our stories are incomplete without the stories of those who have gone before us. Two weeks ago, I was sitting with several of you for our 20 minutes of centering prayer on Thursdays. Because of some funeral preparations that were happening in the sanctuary at the time, we decided that day to sit outside in the memorial garden. And as we were praying, the the trees of the field clapping their hands above us in the wind, I was struck by the fact that we were surrounded by the names and the spirits of people who gave generously in their lives and whose lives keep giving even beyond their death. 
In our own memorial garden, we remember all kinds of people. People like Randy Ray, whose memorial fund continues to enable people to go to retreat in Montreat, a place that was dear to him. We remember Kyle Bame, who was an activist for conversations around mental health and who still has a team walking in his name in the AFSP Out of Darkness Walk for Suicide Prevention Awareness. We remember Nancy Frampton, whose voice graced this space for so many years and who is enabling musicians to continue to bless us with beauty through a new Rising Artist series in her name. We remember Art Swim, a faithful saint whose vision for the garden helps offer this kind of sanctuary for many, for those laid to rest there and to those who are still living, those of us out praying, those walking dogs, even preschool students that wander by on a weekday. Because of Christ, each of those beloved saints is a recipient of the promise, the promise of God's unending and unwavering grace and love. And because of Christ, we too are heirs according to the promise. On All Saints Sunday, we pause to remember that all of us are heirs to God's promise, recipients of the gifts of those who have gone before us, woven together into a quilt of love that could blanket the world. So as Matthew opened his gospel, he wanted those early Christians, a largely Jewish audience, to understand that they too were heirs of the promise of God's grace and love made known in Jesus. Matthew shared this good news not just through the story of Christ that he wove together from nativity to wise men to baptism to ministry to Jesus' own death and resurrection. Matthew shared this good news from the very beginning, chapter 1, verse 1, through this long, arduous genealogy that extends from Jesus all the way back to Abraham. According to Matthew, we are heirs according to the promise because Jesus was an heir according to the promise. Through all that begetting, through all the generations, through all those names you've never heard that Sandra read so ably this morning, and I know you were giving thanks you didn't have to do it, through all of that, Matthew wanted us to know that the promise of God extends from Abraham through all the generations to Jesus, and because of Jesus, it extends to every one of us. Matthew offers us this thread line to follow the promise from one generation to the next. But it's not just a long list of names. It started with an ancient family whom God chose. And woven into this list are stories, stories of heartache, of struggle, of infertility, of death, of estrangement and reunion, of rises to power, of kings, good and evil, of falls from grace that led to exile and deportation. And yet, God's promise was never lost. Alongside all the usual biblical suspects, though, if you were listening really carefully, 
you probably noticed that Jesus' genealogy also includes a handful of outliers and outsiders, without whom the promise of God would not have been complete. If this were Jesus' birthday quilt instead of Jonathan's, you would have noticed five quilt squares dedicated to women. And you might wonder, why are their names, why are their faces part of this particularly patriarchal family tree? You would have heard each of their names, Tamar and Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and the young Virgin Mary. In Jesus' family tree, Matthew specifically names these widows and prostitutes and foreigners and outsiders and unlikely suspects because each of them bears a story of overcoming challenge. All of them had reasons for society to dismiss their importance or their presence in the story at all, and yet God stitched them into the story on purpose so that the promise of God could be fulfilled. The promise of God was not complete without each and every one of them. Every single person named was essential to God's story coming to life in Jesus. Matthew doesn't begin with a genealogy because he wants to prove what a great historian he is. He actually wasn't a great historian. Matthew begins his gospel with a genealogy to make the case that Jesus is Jewish, of the line of David and of Jesse and of Abraham, an heir according to the promise. He begins his gospel by weaving together the stories of God's people who dared to keep going and keep giving and keep faithful in order to keep the promise of God alive. Matthew begins with stories of people who kept bringing life into the world when the world gave them a million reasons to give up and let the promise die. And Matthew begins his gospel with Jesus' lineage so that those who were reading, including us, would understand that we too are heirs and recipients of a precious promise. A promise of hope for a weary world, a promise of peace for a warring world, a promise of love for a hateful world. And because we receive that promise in Christ, we have a responsibility So Matthew's gospel begins with the stories of all of the saints who have gone before, who wove God's promise together from generation to generation. But Matthew's gospel ends, it ends with the command that we who are heirs of the promise are to do the same. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age." What does that mean for us today? In Christ, you are an heir of the promise too. Maybe you've been called to be a leader in the church or in the world, a David or a Solomon. Or maybe you're a Rahab or a Tamar or a Ruth who feels like an outsider, but without whom the promise will not be complete. Maybe you think you're one of those names in the genealogy we've never heard of and can't pronounce. Maybe you have days you feel inconsequential and you wonder whether your gifts or your talents or your pledge even matters. 
But Matthew's genealogy signals to us that the promise of Christ is not complete without you. You have something to give to help the resurrection story come to life from generation to generation. Your contribution to this family of faith matters. It's vital. The story of God's promise is not complete without your part in it. It's commitment season, so of course that means your pledge. But your financial gift is a reflection of the story that brought you here today and of the story that you want to be a part of telling the world. Of all of the stories that the world is telling right now, and there are a lot of really ugly ones, this is the only story of promise, hope, and transformational love that spans the test of time, and it is where I would put my money. As Jonathan Van Ness wrapped himself in his birthday quilt, he found himself surrounded by these quilt squares his mother had sewn with the faces of women who had inspired him. Simone Biles, Julia Roberts, Michelle Obama, Dolly Parton, Madeleine Albright, Serena Williams, and patched within those were faces known only to him, including his mom and his grandmother. Every face on that quilt had unique gifts and reminded him that his own gifts were essential, but that he didn't get there on his own. He was part of a greater story that shaped his life, and his life is part of a greater story that helps others see their essential worth as beloved children of God. As we gather at the table in just a moment, we will hear the necrology read from the past year. And it is as if we are wrapping ourselves in the names of those who have gone before us like a blanket, allowing our hearts to be warmed by their memory and the way that they shared their promise of God. But it's not enough to simply hear their names and commend them to God because we're also called to sew new quilt squares onto the blanket, to think of the ways in which our names and our faces and our stories and our pledges and our gifts are a part of carrying forth the promise of God into the future and the next generation. So I wonder whose faces would go on each of your quilts, but I also wonder on whose quilt someone would see your face. Amen.